it is time for us to adopt a new company brand to encompass everything that we do. To reflect who we are and what we hope to build, I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. Our mission remains the same. It's still about bringing people together. Well, there you have it. The rumors are confirmed. Facebook is now Meta. This reflects Mark Zuckerberg's long-term ambitions to play a big role in creating the next computing platform and virtual world, the Metaverse. Whether or not you think this name change was simply an attempt to sidestep Facebook's ongoing public scrutiny, Facebook, or Meta, has been taking steps to create this Metaverse feature for around a decade. Hey everyone, welcome to Neuropod. My name is Ryan Tanaka, and in this episode, we'll share a brief history of Facebook, the status of virtual reality and augmented reality at the company today, and how this rebrand positions them for future Metaverse aspirations. First off, you might be wondering what the Metaverse is. In simple terms, we can think of the Metaverse as the next generation of the internet. Aspirationally, it'll be a 3D world that feels as real as the world we live in today. Here are some clips from earlier this year of a few people describing the metaverse. So the word metaverse is quite a broad term, uh, but generally it refers to online spaces that allow people to interact in a more immersive way than a traditional website. This could be through the use of virtual reality, so wearing a VR headset, but people also use the term metaverse to refer to virtual environments where you have an avatar, a little cartoon person representing yourself, and you can walk around and interact with other people's avatars, like in a video game. I think the important thing is that some of the, the smartest and best capitalized players in the tech industry right now really do feel like this is going to be the next wave of innovation over the next decade. So I think of the, the metaverse as the next generation of the internet. So you can kind of think about it as instead of being an internet that we look at it's an internet that we are a part of or that we can be inside of you can imagine that building this virtual world will not happen overnight it will require lots of creative and technical effort from millions of people you know all those popular terms floating around the internet at the moment decentralize this decentralize that nfts web 3.0 etc well, the metaverse will enable, and in many instances also require, those things to firm up. If society had to rebuild the internet from the ground up, no one individual person, company, or country would be able to create everything. It'd be sucky to have that anyway. Our world needs to be built by everyone, and the same is true for our virtual world. Which leads to the next point. The metaverse won't simply be one world. It will include an infinite number of worlds. And in the longer term, there will be worlds within other worlds. Talk about meta. So why create this? Let's rewind back to go through a quick overview of how Facebook got to where it is today. Back in February 2004, Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook in his dorm room at Harvard. The long-term goals of the company were unclear. However, some of the earliest days included him asking fellow students to create profiles on the website. If enough students did this, there could be an online Harvard community where people could interact with one another. And over time, it grew to become much more substantial than just the university community. Here's a clip of a CNBC interview with Mark Zuckerberg from 2004. You've launched, how big do you think your product or your service is? Well, it's impossible to tell. When we first launched, we were hoping for, you know, maybe 400, 500 people. 
Harvard didn't have a Facebook, so that's the gap that we were trying to fill. And now we're at 100,000 people. So, In fact, in just 10 months, the Facebook grew from zero users to 1 million users. For several years, Facebook focused on building features for their core product, a social media platform for people to connect with one another. Then, finally in 2012, Facebook announced that they were acquiring Instagram. This was one of the key moments in the company's history, as they had matured enough to spread their resources into ventures that were different from the core social platform. As you can see on this timeline, two years later, Facebook acquired WhatsApp and Oculus in 2014. This purchase of Oculus signifies what I believe to be the first concrete public sign of Mark Zuckerberg's longer-term master plan, to build the metaverse. Facebook's main augmented reality product is Ray-Ban Stories glasses. I recently bought a pair to test them out and thought that they were pretty cool. Facebook, now Meta, also has Spark AR, which enables creators to develop and play with a wide variety of augmented reality experiences. Augmented reality is the tech used in a game like Pokemon Go. The digital world of the game is augmented by reality. It affects how the game is played. When this took the world by storm in 2016, this was the first time augmented reality was practically applied on a wide scale. Virtual reality, on the other hand, is more common. Most of the techie headsets are virtual reality products that intend to immerse a person into a completely different virtual space. When Facebook purchased the company in 2014, Oculus was a virtual reality company that primarily produced headsets for developers to create games. Now, Oculus has one marquee product called Oculus Quest 2. The headset costs $299. This one device, and especially future AR and VR devices, will impact many different industries. To start, industries like gaming, entertainment, communication, education, and productivity will all be directly influenced by the work Facebook and others are doing and will do. For example, Imagine a time where a game developer could create their own games and have other people pay to play that game. What if the developer could create an entire virtual world in a metaverse and make a living doing so? Check out this video showing a small teaser of what Meta wants to do with their platform, Horizon Gaming and Horizon Worlds. Or not. This is already happening as many companies enable developers to create and monetize games in virtual spaces. However, a mature metaverse would take all this gaming to the next level. Next would be entertainment. Consider your favorite movies in ultra high definition. Plus, movies would start to get released in 5D. Three dimensions plus all our physical senses would be stimulated. What would make your favorite movies even more funny, scary, or stimulating? And how about communication? Have you heard of Amazon's Alexa, Google's Nest, or Facebook's Portal? There's no shortage of families and friends wanting to stay connected with one another. Now shift this from the personal context to the professional context. Over the past two years, the world has already gone through a gigantic shift in how we work. For quite some time, it wasn't necessary for many employees to gather in the same office. And once the pandemic hit, the way we communicated in the professional setting changed forever. Now, it's time for companies to take this communication to the next level. 
Facebook wants to do this with Horizon Workrooms. So today we're announcing a new service called Workrooms. It's basically a virtual reality service for collaborating together and doing work. So this is gonna be one part of this overall vision that we've talked about, and something that we've been using internally at Facebook for a while, and we really like. But it basically gives you the opportunity to you know, sit around a table with people and work and brainstorm and, and whiteboard ideas. For people who can't be there through virtual reality, they can just video conference in, so you can include everyone. But it's this pretty amazing experience where you know, you feel like you're really right there with your colleagues. Workrooms is used on Facebook's Oculus Quest 2 virtual reality headsets. When it comes to education, instead of just learning about Tanzania, why not be able to physically experience the gusts of wind at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro? You wouldn't just learn about human anatomy via a textbook or videos. You could see and feel very realistic 3D animations. This particular experience may not be possible for several more years. However, the applications mentioned before are almost all possible today. They're just not very good, and a few more years of maturity and extra development should go a long way. Mark Zuckerberg discussed this and set expectations in the latest Q3 earnings conference call. Even with all of the tools that we have today, we still can't feel like we're right there together with the people we care about when we're physically apart. We can't teleport as holograms to instantly be at the office without a commute or at a concert with a friend or in your parents' living room to catch up. The creative economy and commerce tools are still nascent, and there should be opportunity for millions of more people to make a living doing the work that they love. Our three product priorities remain our focus on creators, commerce, and building the next computing platform. Not only are they thinking about this from a business perspective of enabling the creators, but Zuckerberg's also made comments on the state of the tech in the past. Two years ago, in September 2019, here's what Zuckerberg said at the Facebook Oculus Connect 6 conference. Right, six months ago, if you wanted to get into VR, uh, you needed a, a PC, cables, sensors, hand controllers, and a half a dozen physical objects. And you know, now, soon, it's just gonna be you know, a headset uh, that you can bring with you anywhere that you go that is full inside out tracking, completely wireless, and now your hands are just gonna be there too. So you know, there's a lot of work that we still need to do to get to where uh, we all want, but I think what you're starting to see is the hardware is getting out of the way. And with each step, uh, we're getting to a more immersive and, and natural experience. Founder and former president of Neuralink, Max Hodak, summarized this nicely in a tweet. He says, AR isn't useful until you can wear it every day on the street. VR is just a toy until you can feel the wind blow across your skin. In other words, in order to get to the mature stage of the metaverse that he's dreaming of, there are many years of tech development that will need to be accelerated. Or, might I suggest an alternative, neural interfaces or brain-machine interfaces. If you're new to this channel, you might not be familiar with the term brain-machine interface. Interface is a fancy word for things communicating with each other. So when a company like Elon Musk's Neuralink says they're working on creating a high-bandwidth brain-machine interface, they want to enable your brain and any device communicate extremely quickly with each other. The best way Neuralink thinks they can achieve this is by performing a surgery and cutting out a piece of skull to implant a chip and tiny wires directly into the brain. 
These interfaces that are implanted directly into the skull might be the next necessary step to unlocking the most realistic version of the metaverse. If you're interested in learning more, please check out the other Neuralink content on our channel. Now, compare this to what Zuckerberg continue with. Remember, this is a clip from 2019, shortly after Neuralink had their first public launch event where they discussed the surgery and implanted electrodes into skulls. All right, so now I want to talk about the future of input for a minute, though, because hand tracking is great. It doesn't require controllers, but it, but it still requires you to use your hands. Um, and in the future, we want to get to an input uh, where we can just think something and it, and it happens. So what, what, what people call a, a neural interface. The chief scientist of Facebook Reality Labs, Michael Abrash, then added this during the conference. He touches on the relevance of having high bandwidth. VRAR is, in my opinion, going to be the most significant technology of the next 50 years. Just as personal and mobile computing have come to dominate our lives, over the 46 years since the first personal computer, the Alto was built at the Xerox Palo Alto Research Center. Xerox Park started a revolution that ultimately led to every one of us either interacting with or being just seconds away from the virtual world almost every waking minute. That virtual world has touched nearly every corner of our lives, but there's one great limitation. We interact with it almost exclusively through two-dimensional interfaces, along with very limited audio. If you think of a human as a CPU with memory, input, and output, admittedly, not the most romantic framing, but accurate, then it becomes clear that the data received on the inputs, our senses, and the actions induced by the outputs, our motor controls, must define the full range of experiences that we can have in the world. Based on the prior comments and understanding the history of the public's perception of Facebook, I have a feeling that Meta won't be working on the most high bandwidth interfaces that Elon Musk's Neuralink is developing. And if that remains true, which company has the best chance of interacting with computers, communicating with each other, and developing the metaverse? Well, Meta is going to try, and they'll probably do a decent job. Max Hodak said this, I'm sure FB, or Facebook, will ship something they call a metaverse, and lots of people will use it. I'm also pretty confident that better alternatives will exist, and over a long enough time horizon, Facebook's will look like a toy. Beyond reels and commerce, I also want to share some thoughts on our longer-term efforts to build the next computing platform and help bring the metaverse to life. This is a major area of investment for us and an important part of our strategy going forward. And I view this work as critical to our mission because delivering a sense of presence, like you're right there with another person, that's the holy grail of online social experience. Over the next decade, these new platforms are going to start to unlock the kinds of experiences that I've wanted to build since before I even started Facebook. Like I said in the intro, whether or not you think this name change was simply an attempt to sidestep Facebook's ongoing public scrutiny, Facebook, or Meta, has been taking steps to create this metaverse feature for around a decade. In many interviews, Mark Zuckerberg has stated that he's wanted to be in contact with other people around the world in a more real way than the current internet allows. Building the metaverse is part of a master plan for Facebook, now Meta, to unlock lots of economic potential. And if Meta can provide that base layer for developers and creators to build on top of, they'll be able to charge a fee for all the transactions that occur thereafter. And do you recognize this business model? There are plenty of examples that currently exist which implement this structure. For developers creating stuff, 
there are YouTube and others. For an ecosystem and platform, there's Apple and others. For work meetings, there's Zoom and others. Gaming, Epic Games and others. Fitness, Peloton and others. And the most similar appears to be YouTube or Apple. Think back to around 2008 when the iPhone was hitting its stride. At that time, what would happen if you were on the verge of unlocking a new industry and owning the platform that enabled apps to be built on top of? It's not very surprising that Facebook wants to have all these products integrated into one ecosystem. What they're trying to build with the metaverse sounds like a digital, quasi-carbon copy of what Apple did with their smartphone ecosystem. This all reminds me of a quote from earlier this year on Tesla's Q2 earnings conference call, where Elon Musk was asked about letting competitors use Tesla's charging network. He used the opportunity to take a shot at Apple's business approach. I think we, we do want to emphasize that it, it is our goal is to uh, support the advent of sustainable energy. Uh, it is not to create a walled garden um, and use that to bludgeon our competitors, <laughs> which is sometimes used by some companies. <laughs> it's simple from a business perspective. Make and sell a nice phone. Create apps that are exclusively available on that phone. This leads to people wanting the phone to have those apps. If they buy the phone and the apps, they want something that can connect exclusively to those devices. So they might get a computer, a watch, TV, headphones. All of a sudden, the customer is stuck in the ecosystem and competitors are locked out. And if you missed the last tidal wave of the internet, or in Facebook's case, was just a latecomer, why wouldn't you want to be the foundational layer that the metaverse gets built on? If they're successful, Meta would essentially be a metaverse conglomerate of those previously mentioned companies. YouTube, Apple, Zoom, Epic Games, Peloton, and more. Mark went on to elaborate on the metaverse plans on the call. Along with those social experiences, I expect a massive increase in the creator economy and amount of digital goods and commerce. If you're in the metaverse every day, then you'll need digital clothes and digital tools and different experiences. Our goal is to help the metaverse reach a billion people and hundreds of billions of dollars of digital commerce this decade. And strategically, helping to shape the next platform should also reduce our dependence on delivering our services through competitors. Building the foundational platforms for the metaverse will be a long road. We just released the 128 gigabyte Quest 2, replacing the 64 gigabyte model for 299. With Estelor Luxottica, we released our first smart glasses and they're off to a strong start as well. But bringing this vision to life isn't just about building one glasses product. There's a whole ecosystem. We're building multiple generations of our VR and AR products at the same time, as well as a new operating system and development model, a digital commerce platform, content studios, and of course, a social platform. So to reflect the significance of this for our business, today we are announcing a change to our financial reporting. Starting next quarter, we will begin disclosing financial metrics for Facebook Reality Labs separately from our family of apps. And this will provide investors with additional visibility into the investments that we're making in augmented and virtual reality. Then he closed off the remarks with this statement demonstrating the company's commitment to this effort. In 2021, we expect these investments to reduce our overall operating profit by approximately $10 billion. And 
I expect this investment to grow even further for each of the next several years. It will be interesting to watch if these ongoing investments will take wearable products like these to the next level. All these gizmos, gadgets, and smart devices are only moderately useful now, so it'll be great when the time comes where we can actually experience a virtual world as though it were real. Other applications for the investment include the buying and selling of digital goods. Are you interested in crypto or NFTs? Mark went on to elaborate further on the importance of creators and developers making the virtual world become a reality. We're also building a Horizon Marketplace where creators can sell and share 3D digital items. And our hope is that this will enable a lot more commerce and help grow the overall metaverse economy. Because at the end of the day, it is really the creators and developers who are going to build the metaverse and make this real. Speaking of people doing this work, earlier this month, Facebook announced they'd create 10,000 new jobs at Facebook across the European Union and build on their European presence by putting the region at the heart of their plans to help build the metaverse. Another press release elaborated on their intentions to build the metaverse responsibly. In this post, the company says, the metaverse won't be built overnight by a single company. We'll collaborate with policymakers, experts, and industry partners to bring this to life. And the idea that Facebook is not the only one building the metaverse was echoed by the VP of Metaverse at Meta, Vishal Shah, just a couple days ago. And it's important to note that Facebook, now Meta, will not be building the metaverse alone. We'll conclude with this statement from Mark Zuckerberg. Since his teenage years, it's been his master plan to connect people and live in a very connected world. Time will tell if he and Meta are the ones that help enable this metaverse vision to become a reality. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an exciting area. It's going to be a big a big focus, and um, you know, I think that this is this is just going to be a big part. I think of the next chapter for the for the way that the internet evolves after the mobile internet, and I think it's going to be the the next big chapter for our company too. Is really doubling down in this area. You know, for the last seventeen years, we've worked a lot on on um, on building different apps for people to connect, and the the main way that they've done that is on phones. And you know, I, I think if we're you know successful. You know, then maybe five years from now or seven years from now, people will will primarily think about us as as a metaverse company rather than a mobile internet company that's kind of helping to build these these kind of experiences. And I think it's just going to spend so much. It's um you know people will will hang out. You'll be able to really feel like you're present with other people. You'll be able to do all kinds of different work. There will be new jobs, um, new forms of of entertainment, whether it's you know gaming or incredibly complex scavenger hunts like you're talking about. Um, or more more enjoyable ways of doing fitness or um, or concerts or getting together at the comedy show that we talked about. I just think that there's a ton here, and and I think we can do this in a way that creates a lot of economic opportunity, where you know millions of people around the world can be doing creative work that they really enjoy, building experiences or or virtual items or or art or different things that. Um, that are more inspiring to them than whatever the jobs are that they they may feel like they can do today. So, I'm I'm really looking forward to helping to play some role in in building out this next chapter for for the internet. If you enjoyed this premium episode, please consider joining the channel on YouTube or supporting on Patreon at www.patreon.com/neuropod. Our team is working hard to deliver great content, and we've increased our spending significantly over the past couple of months and plan to continue throughout the end of the year. So right now is the time we'd most appreciate your support. My name is Ryan Tanaka. This episode was edited by Omar Olivares, 
and we thank you for watching.